uh, terms that I find very humorous that the left like to use a lot. And people on the right, too. Um, uh, the way that most folks use the terms left and right are a little bit different than what I mean by left and right. Most folks are referring to politics, and most folks are referring to, you know, uh, in the United States at least, the Democrats and Republicans, left and right. Um, at least from a uh, standpoint of, of the federal government, uh, those politicians in Washington, D.C., there's no difference whatsoever between the two of them except on a very superficial, in-the-media type of uh, level. But they're all working towards the same end. And, and part of that is because Congress, the president, they aren't really running the country um, and haven't been for quite some time. So politically speaking... Uh, I, I don't see much of a difference between the left and the right, at least from a federal point of view. When I use the terms left and right, I am referring to uh, the, the Bible passage, Matthew uh, 25, 31 through 33, where Christ will put the goats on his left and his sheep on the right. So when I refer to the left and the right, I'm talking from a spiritual standpoint, not necessarily a political standpoint, although the two do sometimes kind of mirror each other. Um, but this, this term that the left likes to use, uh, new world order, and, and it was actually somebody that was theoretically on the political right who used it most prominently in the United States with uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, not a fan of anybody in the Bush family, but uh, he referred to the creation of a new world order. The new world order, and the reason that that is uh, amusing, an amusing term, is because it's not a new world order. It is an old world order applied globally. The new world order is a world in which an elite group of people, unelected, an elite group of people who are uh, intelligent, smarter than you, better than you, richer than you, decide how you're going to live. And they, the elite group, are going to rule over everybody else. And everybody else is going to provide them with comfort and wealth and power, while everybody else receives the bare minimum necessary to survive, such that they can then work and provide the elite with their wealth, comfort, and power. And over the years, and especially recently, the left have been more and more honest about their goals. You can actually, and, and ultimately they will always tell you what they're planning on doing. They will always tell you. Um, you just have to know where to look. Like, uh, if, if you want to know how uh, leftist tactics work, go and look at Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. If you want to look at what the New World Order is supposed to look like, then look at Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Reset. 
and it tells you. And Klaus Schwab has even said, you will, speaking to us, you will own nothing and be happy. Now, we, we, on the other hand, will own everything. But you, because you're not us, will own nothing. So, this, this new world order is the old world order, where oligarchies rule over everybody, and everybody is a slave to the oligarchy, except applied globally. This has been the dream of so many people uh, in history, and they got really close to achieving it now. The whole COVID thing was supposed to be their entry into this brave new world. It was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to spearhead the Great Reset. And the Great Reset was then supposed to bring all of the nations of the world under the control of this all-knowing, all-powerful, unelected group of elites. That was the plan. Again, you don't believe me, you think this is a conspiracy theory, read the book that they wrote describing how this is supposed to work. They tell us what they want. It, there's a book, you can read it. It's written by Klaus Schwab, it's called The Great Reset, it's there. There are videos of their discussions, the World Economic Forum discussions, that you can get and view on YouTube. Hell, you can go to their website and they will tell you. So this is not conspiracy theory. This is stuff that they're actually telling us that they plan on doing. And the reason that they're telling us is that they think that we'll think it's a great idea that they're in charge of everything and that we own nothing and are happy and are eating bugs, by the way. That's another thing. Eating bugs is, is part of it because they'll have the good food. We will provide them with the good food. They will ration out the rest of the food, but most of what we're going to eat is bugs. That's, and again, not a conspiracy theory. They tell us this. All right? It's in their books. It's in their videos. They are telling us this. This is what they're going to do. Or what they plan on doing. The good news is that, that their plans for a brave new world or whatever are collapsing around them all over the place. And the whole world is going to be better for it. Now, it's going to be uncomfortable for a while. Um, but the collapse is, is occurring. And one of the things that uh, I do on this channel um, is uh, uh, documenting this. And it's, it's happening in, in all aspects of society and microcosms and macrocosms and and it's for me it's exciting and the reason it's exciting for me is because as a christian uh i'm not worried about any of this this stuff has to happen and what is more is that because this globalism is collapsing that's an indication that we've still got a little ways to go before it's the actual end. A lot of people are always asking, are these the end times? And depending on, from a, a purely biblically theological standpoint, technically, yes. But what most people mean when they say, are we in the end times, they're talking about uh, the book of Revelation, Revelation kind of stuff. They don't understand, uh, hell, a lot of Christians don't even understand that... Uh, the the end times uh, kind of actually started um, with Pentecost. It's it's the age of the church. This is the last uh, last bit of history before the really really bad stuff starts to happen. But anyway, 
because we're watching the attempt at globalism start to collapse is 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 indication that the what most people refer to as the end times are not here quite yet but the the foundations for the end times are definitely being laid right now one of the uh, facets if you will of globalism that i look at is the uh, media and typically entertainment media i don't pay that much attention to news media i never really did watch news media that much um, because again it's very selective in the information that they pass on that includes fox news i would prefer to go out and get my own information and because we have the internet now we can do that if we want to if we want to actually make the effort to go out and look this stuff up for ourselves we can which is what i like to do but uh when i talk about the 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 globalism i'm i'm looking mostly at the entertainment media because the entertainment media is the propaganda wing of the globalist movement or has been traditionally the uh propaganda wing it used to be the news media but then with the advent of the internet and the ability to find out your own stuff and research your own stuff the uh importance of the news media the influence of the news media decreased significantly now they also always had the entertainment media but then they started relying more heavily on the entertainment media to be their propaganda outlet because people were still uh consuming that particular product they, people were still going to movies and so forth well that's now collapsing thanks to uh something that the left always does and can be counted on to do every single time is uh overreach their their boundaries and that's what they did with entertainment media starting in 2015 it, it the the real the real uh cornerstone for the whole thing was in 2016 with the all female reboot of ghostbusters that was the real introduction the spearhead of wokeness into uh, into the entertainment media and then it just kind of went downhill from there and it's gone on for quite some time and it has resulted in the financial demise of uh or or serious financial damage to hollywood and even though it was uh even though it was the uh, uh the ghostbusters reboot the all female ghostbusters reboot flop that was the spearhead for it the the company that really got behind the movement and really pushed it was Disney and and one of the reasons that uh Disney was chosen to do that and one of the reasons that they did do that was because they are marketing directly towards children now another thing with the left is the left are incapable of reproduction not necessarily physically although that is the case when it comes to uh the various uh sexual sexually deviant uh groups within the left uh who are incapable of reproduction that being homosexuals and and transsexuals uh but the also just the left in general who are murdering their kids by the tens of thousands you see if you murder your babies in the womb then you don't have any babies of your own to raise up in the manner that you would like children to be raised up so what you have to do is you have to usurp other people's children and that's what disney was chosen to do and happily did by their own admission by the way in a leaked 
Zoom video call in which one of their executives was bragging about how she was inserting queerness into children's programming all over the place as much as she could to advance her, and these are her words, not-so-secret gay agenda. Those were her words. This is These are coming right out of Disney. Again, the left tells you exactly what they are doing. You just have to know who to listen to. You just have to know where to look. Okay? So, they're telling us that that's what they were doing with Disney. Well, now, Disney, as I predicted years ago, I actually predicted this years ago, that Disney was going to crash and burn and that Disney was going to become worthless. Disney was going to become... The name was going to become so much poisoned that nobody was going to even want to buy Disney. They wouldn't want any association with the name Disney because Disney, the Disney name would have become so tainted. And that's what's happened. It's, it's, it's happened right now. It's already happened. Disney has a bad name now. They have lost so much money. That, as a matter of fact, this, just this past week, their, their stock prices dropped to like $85 a share. And they have lost tens of billions of dollars in market capitalization. Um... And, and, and other woke corporations have followed that are non-entertainment-based. Uh, uh, but it's happening all over the place. The whole wokeness agenda is collapsing within the United States. But I want to focus here on, on the entertainment industry. The entertainment industry is, is collapsing. Their, their uh, propaganda wing is collapsing. And in the wake of this collapse, independent media, independent content creators, uh, and, and, uh, and a new Hollywood, a new independent uh, Hollywood is starting to uh, develop. And to, to, to add to this problem that Hollywood is having... A, a kind of uh, coup de, uh, a coup d'état, a a death blow, if you will, is being ironically dealt to Hollywood by Hollywood. So it's a, it's a suicide more more than anything else. With the uh, strike, the Hollywood strike that's going on, the the writers that were responsible for all of the woke content that people were not going to see, therefore causing financial losses to Hollywood, massive financial losses to Hollywood, these writers decided that they were going to go on strike and demand more money for the garbage that they were writing that nobody wanted to watch. So the writers that were writing the woke garbage that nobody wanted to watch, that was responsible for Hollywood losing billions, tens of billions of dollars, go on strike demanding more money for the garbage that nobody wanted to watch. And then, see, see the, the studios who recognized the fact that they were losing money on this woke garbage uh, saw this as an opportunity to kind of get rid of these writers and maybe bring in some new writers that could make them money. Because the studios are actually interested in making money. I mean, they'll say that they're interested in the woke stuff so that they can pander to the 
left in Washington D.C. and they can pander to the left in the news media and their buddies in the in the uh, in in the fancy cocktail parties and stuff like that. They all talk a good game, but when it comes right down to it, they know that they need money to maintain their lifestyle, their phony baloney jobs. Without that money, they can't maintain their fancy phony baloney lifestyles. So they need to get rid of these woke writers. But then the woke actors who the studios have coddled for so long decided that they were going to join the strike. And the directors were kind of forced to join the strike. So now, Hollywood, who has been suffering financial disaster since 2016, who, who have had literally a handful of movies since 2016 that have actually produced a profit, just a few of them, You've got Top Gun Maverick. You've got Spider-Man No Way Home. Those are the only two that really immediately popped to mind that were actually profitable. I'm not talking about that broke even or made an itty-bitty little profit. Like maybe Thor Love and Thunder made an itty-bitty little profit. Or they were talking about the Shang-Chi movie being a huge, glorious success because it broke even. But by and large, Hollywood has not produced anything really blockbuster good since, uh, since 2015. They have been losing money consistently on all of their productions, and they've been coming up with all of these. They've been insulting the fans all the way through, and at the same time, they have been saying uh, that that this is okay and this is fine because... We make movies for us because, you know, the movies are about us and we're the artists. We are artists. And so as artists, um, we make the movies for us. And if you plebs, you plebs, you little people out there, you unwashed people out there, the masses, if you do not appreciate how wonderful and amazing we are as artists, then... Um, then that's your problem. Well, no, Jack, it's actually your fucking problem. And the reason it's your problem is because if we don't go to your movies, you don't get to make any more movies. You run out of money and you don't get to make any more. See, previously what the artists did was they would make movies that everybody liked so that they could make lots of money. And then they would take some of that lots of money and they would make their little little artsy films. But pretty soon, it was the artsy films and the artistness that became the important part. And, and then, you know, they stopped making anything that the people wanted to see. They stopped making anything that the, the market wanted to see. And, well, guess what? You don't have any more money to make anything which is where they're finding themselves now. And then, then they're going to decide to shoot themselves in the foot by going on strike, not understanding, being in their own little bubble and not understand because the studios have been telling them, oh, you're so important. Oh, you're so great and you're so important and we just support you and we, you, you're just awesome and you're, you know, as an art, you're artistes. And the studios tell them that garbage. And they believe it. And they think that everybody else in the United States thinks that too. They think that the fans are like that and, and that the, the fans who don't like that are just a small vocal minority who don't appreciate their artistitude. So uh, they decide that they're going to go on strike not knowing and not understanding that we don't care. As a matter of fact, we don't care if we never see another one of their damn movies again. We're not going to miss them. They are not missed. And I have said this, I remember getting into an argument with a co-worker of mine decades ago. Maybe a decade ago. That's how old I am, folks. Maybe a decade ago. I got into an argument with a friend of mine. 
and it's damn near two decades ago, actually. Um, when I referred to the entertainers in Hollywood and the, the musicians and just all of that stuff, I referred to them as the most useless human beings in the United States. And this coworker of mine took umbrage to that statement. And then I said, look, if all of the military, police, emergency services, firemen, doctors, nurses, teachers were to disappear in an instant, society would collapse. If, however, all of the actors, musicians, singers, producers, directors were to disappear in an instant, the net effect on Western civilization and the entire world would be zero. And that's basically what we have now. We've got now Hollywood having destroyed itself financially with wokeness. Now getting the coup de grace with the Hollywood strike. So they're collapsing and they're not going to come back in any appreciable way, folks. More than likely they're not. There, there might be a couple, but uh, Disney for sure is not coming back. Not, not in any appreciable way. The, the brand has been damaged to the point where it is, it is worthless. And nobody is going to want to be associated with it. I know for, for just speaking for me, and I know I'm not the only one, I will never spend money, knowingly spend money, on a Disney product. Okay, I dumped Disney Plus years ago. We are never going to any Disney parks ever. They have made it clear where they stand. They have, they, they have their agenda. Their agenda is targeted at my children. So, no. No, I'm not giving them any damn more money. I'm not giving any money, any more money to people who hate me. And Disney hates me and people like me, so they don't get my money. That's the way, that's the way the market works. Um, and, and I'm not the only one, obviously, because Disney stock is in the toilet. They have not had a, a, uh, a, a truly profitable movie in, in years. And now, uh, Bob Iger, who is the architect of all of this, by the way, um, is having a garage sale of, of Disney products. He's talking about uh, selling off uh, a whole bunch of Disney stuff, uh, including Lucasfilm. And this is stuff that I predicted. I said this was going to happen. But it's, it's not only happening to Disney. It's, it's happening to, to Hollywood at large. And maybe some of these studios are going to be able to, to save themselves. It's going to be hard um, because of the writer's strike. Or, or I should just say the strike now because it affects everybody. I don't see Hollywood coming back from this in any appreciable way. And at the same time, you've got guys like Mark Wahlberg who is uh, trying to start up a, a Hollywood 2, if you will, a, a new movie production outfit in um, Las Vegas. And you've got very talented people out there who are going with him. Mel Gibson is going now, and you've got these independent-type films that are having huge success, such as Sound of Freedom. And these independent studios and independent production houses are going to be seeing more 
success. I I per, I see. I envision uh, a, a another version of Hollywood in Texas happening in Texas. I I can almost guarantee it. Texas is uh, and, and and this is a discussion for another time, but. Uh, an in-depth discussion for another time. Texas is going to become an independent nation again in some way, shape, or form. It is going to happen, uh, barring some miracle. Um, and and because of that, Texas is going to be its own thing. Texas has always basically been its own thing, but we, we're going to have our own Hollywood. We're we've already got uh, or are building our own Silicon Valley. Uh, it's it's happening, but um. You've got these, and there are there are other independent uh, production outfits. There's a, uh, a guy that I followed, uh, Josiah. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Dog on it. His 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 channel name is Josiah Rises. I think is the channel name, and he does commentary on uh, Hollywood type stuff, pretty much exclusively. Um, and it's good commentary. And he's a fellow Christian, and he is uh, working on uh, his own. Uh, a production company and so forth. And I need to reach out to him to talk to him about stuff. But regardless, all of these independent things are happening that's going to end Hollywood. It'll be the death knell of Hollywood. Or Hollywood will end up being one of many. But as long as Hollywood is in California, because California is going to crap too, which is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. Um, the, 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 the Hollywood is... is if anything, will become one of many. And they're going to be at a disadvantage in the market as long as they're in California. The next thing, however, that is, uh, that is collapsing for globalism uh, was supposed to be the crown jewel for globalism. This was supposed to be the crown jewel. If, if they could conquer this, if they could get this, then that would be it. They, will ha- they would have won. They would have won and gotten their one world government. And that was the United States. And they got close. But praise God... Our founders put together a situation, they put together a constitution that was designed specifically to deal with just such an occasion. And because we are a federalist nation in which we, the people, and the states have more power than the federal government... We have our own rights, and more importantly, we exercise our rights and abilities to defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. We, in the United States, will not be conquered, and we will not be anybody's crown jewel, however... However, as I have stated before, the United States itself is very, very likely at this point to, I don't want to say collapse necessarily, but to reform in a manner that is more consistent with the vision of our founding fathers what is going to collapse is the organization that was supposed to hand the United States over to the global world government. And that is Washington, D.C., a.k.a. the deep state, a.k.a. the establishment. And that is collapsing right now. It is falling apart. It is collapsing of its own weight. I have even gotten to the point where I have ceased 
paying that much attention to what's going on in Washington because I know that Washington, D.C. is over. I think that the federal government as it exists, the, the deep state as it exists, is collapsing of its own weight that what is going to happen to the United States is somewhere between a firm, solid resurgence and execution of the Tenth Amendment where the states uh, demand and get their sovereignty over the federal government. Somewhere between that and a, uh, a full-on national divorce. So we've got the federal government, um, the deep state, collapsing of its own weight. And again, what's going to happen to the United States is uh, going to be somewhere between a, a firm uh, enforcement of the Tenth Amendment and the states demanding and exercising their own sovereignty over the federal government and perhaps, well, by necessity, reforming the federal government in a manner consistent with the, the vision of our founders and a, uh, a full-on national divorce. And it's hard to say which one of those is going to be. Um, I am convinced at this point, based on what I have seen, the way things are shaking out, that the... The straw that breaks the camel's back, the, the, the real trigger for this is going to be the 2024 election or something related to the 2024 election, be it um, because the, the left, they're, they're dug in now. They're not going to back down. They are not going to accept a free and fair election. They are going to do something to make sure that they stay in power. I don't know necessarily what that might be. I don't think that they are going to be able to pull off a steal like they did in the 2020 election. I don't think they're going to be able to uh, defraud and produce that many fraudulent votes to overwhelm what's going to happen what is likely to happen uh, at the ballot box. I just don't see that happening. Um, but it could. It might. Um, they could uh, go full-on Soviet and throw Trump in jail in Washington, D.C. and hold him like a political prisoner like they are doing with the uh, January 6th political prisoners. Um, they could declare a national emergency of some type. Uh, and I think this is one of the reasons that they're really trying to push for an escalation in the war in Ukraine is so that they can declare a, some type of national emergency and suspend the election or the election results or the transfer of power or something like that. But either way, regardless of what they are going to do, they're going to do it. I don't see them accepting the results of a free and fair election. I just don't see it happening uh, ever again. So that being the case, uh, the 2024 election being the trigger or something adjacent to related to the 2024 election being the trigger. Uh, I fully expect that um, the states are, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of hoopla going on, a lot of screaming from the red states and stuff like that. 
there's going to be a lot of talk from the uh, rhinos in Washington, D.C. about how we need to keep calm and we need to, you know, accept the, the, this, that, and the other and try to use that. And the, the rhinos, everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. right now is nothing more than political theater. It is actually all planned out. Um, nothing that is going on in Washington, D.C. is happening outside of the control of the deep state. So they want things to continue as they are going. You know, they want to continue. They want to keep their phony baloney jobs. Uh, they want to be able to hand over the United States to a, you know, globalist government such that they can themselves then become the lords and ladies over us, the vassals in the United States and reinstitute neo-feudalism. That's what they want. And again, if you don't believe me, read the books that they've put out there. It's there. They tell us that what they want to do. Look at the videos of the World Economic Forum if you can't read. They're telling you what they want to do. But it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen here in the United States. It's not going to happen anywhere else in the world either because just like we're seeing a, a resurgence of... Uh, uh, of nationalism in the United States, it's happening all over the world. And there's nothing that's going to stop it. There's nothing that's going to stop it. Yet. Uh, but anyway, um, so I think Texas, and I've said this multiple times, I think Texas is going to be the first to go. I don't think that the that the rhinos in uh, in in the governor's office or the rhinos that are in the uh, state capitol are, are want it to happen, but the pressure is going to be overwhelming. Um, they managed to uh, quash what we, the people of Texas, demanded, uh, which was a referendum to be put on the ballot for uh, uh, independence. Uh, they managed to quash that in the state house this time. Um, they won't be able to stop it, especially after the 2024 election. They won't be able to stop it. The demand will be too high here in Texas. So I think Texas is going to go independent first. I think uh, Oklahoma is going to go right behind us and then Everybody else is just going to fall like dominoes. All the other red states are going to fall like dominoes at some particular incrementalism should the national divorce scenario occur. And, and again, even if it, even if it does, okay, uh, even if the national divorce situation does, it's going to go state by state first. But it's not going to stop there because the people are not going to tolerate it just going state by state, because if you look at the, the so-called blue states, there's no such thing as a really blue state. So assuming that the national divorce thing occurs and red state by red state starts to drop out, uh, or and, and I don't even want to put it that way. Rather, each red state is going to decide that we're going to follow the Constitution as it was designed by the founders. Okay and not how it has been reformed unconstitutionally by the federal legislature and by a judicial fiat and by executive order and by uh, uh, unconstitutional regulation uh, by the bureaucracy, but the Constitution as it was written and as it was meant to be. Uh, as each red state falls, that's not going to be enough because if you look at the so-called blue states, and there is no such thing as a blue state, rather there are blue cities that have enough population to control entire states politically, what's going to start happening is red counties are going to stop drop, or start dropping out of blue states. We're already seeing this with the greater Idaho movement in uh, Oregon, where, where these counties want to leave Oregon and join Idaho. 
which may or may not happen. But once the national divorce thing gets going, these red counties are going to be absolutely welcomed in. And the blue cities are not going to be able to stop it. Then what is going to happen is that the blue cities, well, they're going to have a couple of choices here. The blue cities are going to, because blue cities, liberals, don't produce anything, okay, because they don't work. They, they don't produce anything useful, necessary, all right? They don't produce food. They don't produce clean water. They do not produce electricity or power of any kind. As a matter of fact, they are totally opposed to energy production of any kind. If you don't believe me, if you want to know what will happen to these blue cities once the red counties join the union, the real union. Look at what happened with these, uh, uh, what were these zones called that they created uh, during their rebellion in Portland and, and Seattle, I think it was, where they, they created their own independent zones of, of wokeness. And they couldn't last like any appreciable length of time. They couldn't grow their own food. They, they could not police themselves. They could not, uh, uh, they did not, uh, they weren't able to, to have their own emergency services, medical services, any of that stuff. They had to rely on the outside for all of those things. Even though they had it in their minds, their little fantasy heads that they could do this, they can't. They don't produce anything. They can't produce anything because producing things actually takes knowledge, which they don't have, and it takes work, which they won't do. So these blue cities are going to have to, if they want to continue to exist that the way they do exist, they're going to have to come up with some kind of barter system, you know, with the red counties that are leaving them because the red counties actually do produce food and energy and necessities and and have the ability to uh produce you know raw materials which is another thing that these blue cities can't produce they they cannot produce raw materials so that they can't build anything either so that when things start to break down in the cities things start to fall apart uh, uh, through entropy, natural entropy, and the entropy of uh, civil unrest, because they will not be able to police themselves either. Um, I think that this, the the blue cities will eventually uh, they'll they'll go downright um, uh, post-apocalyptic, and nobody will want to go there. And the people who do live there will uh, it, it'll be a, a lot like. Uh, we we see uh, or or saw and currently see in Somalia and and other third world crap holes is that you'll have uh, a rise of gangs basically uh, warlords that will control the streets and oppress the people and that will be able to bring in you know various uh, goods and so forth by uh, raiding outside. Uh, the cities, and they will be, of course, met with, um, well, let's just say it won't last long. Anyway, I think that the, the cities themselves will collapse in on themselves and, and will be resorbed, or uh, it is also possible that they will be uh, uh, absorbed into, like, Mexico, California might be absorbed into Mexico, and then you'll have uh, Oregon and, and Washington absorbed into Canada. But Canada's got their own thing going on. This, this similar situation is going on where the rural areas of Canada might actually secede from the, the national, uh, uh, the federal government of Canada, too. That's, that's another whole different bit of popcorn there. And then... 
So, so the United States, the, the federal gov, the globalist federal government, the woke globalist federal government, that's collapsing in on itself. That's going to end. And on a global scale, globalism is, is falling apart. As I mentioned before, you've got all of these nationalist movements all over the world, everywhere. Um, and it's even happening in Europe now. So the, Europe is going to fall too. I don't know what shape that is going to take because I haven't really been paying that much attention to Europe because, frankly, I don't care that much about Europe. Um, I think things are going to work out fine. All in all, all of this, I think things are going to work out fine. It's going to be very different. Uh, it's going to be a very different world, but it's, it's, it's going to be generally okay, depending on where you live. Um, Judge Napolitano uh, was recently, uh, he uh, was interviewed, um, and, and he said that he sees a national divorce happening. He agrees that Texas is going to be uh, one of the first, if not the first, state to go. And he says that Texas is going to be generally a, a nice, very nice place to live. But the the Northeast and, uh, you know, Pacific Northwest and stuff like that uh, are not going to be very nice places to live. Um, but he he generally agrees with me. And, and again, wherever you live in the world it might be okay and might not be okay. We're, we're seeing what's happening in South Africa right now is a result of this rising nationalism and the, uh, the, the call of the... Uh, the Marxists who are um, trying to take over, uh, if they haven't already taken over South Africa, are talking about openly, openly talking about the mass murder of whites in South Africa, just uh, the white farmers going out and, and mass murdering them. And, and that's already been happening too. Uh, that's been happening for a while, but it's going to get worse there. So depending on where you are in the world, this, resurgence of nationalism, this rejection of globalism uh, could be a good thing or a bad thing. And, and the various types of people are going to gravitate to the various areas uh, of the globe that best fit their needs as best they can. Um, that's, that's just the way it's shaking out. And, and the... The last bastion of globalism uh, and the globalist movement uh, is in Ukraine. And despite what everybody's saying in the in the news media, including Fox News, it's a bunch of BS. Russia's going to win in Ukraine. The extent to which Russia wins in Ukraine is actually up to the Ukrainian government, the current Ukrainian government. But I can tell you at this point right now that, that Zelensky is still on the side of the globalists, but I think that what recently happened to him when he was ignored generally at the, I can't remember where it was, but there's, there's, there's even a picture of it where all of the elite globalists, you know, in their fancy clothes and all this stuff and their ball gowns and having a, having a ball and so forth. And he was supposed to get a whole bunch of support from the international community and they just basically told him to screw off and that he wasn't going to get the support that he thought he was going to get. And, and it became very apparent, I think, to him that he was indeed just a puppet of their movement and, and their globalism. And, and this was really obvious in a photo that made it out of him standing alone in his, his uh, pseudo-military garb amongst a bunch of... Uh, European elites in their fancy clothes and their ball gowns and so on and so forth, all of them ignoring him. He was standing alone, who was once apparently the golden boy, is now shown to be nothing more than a puppet on a string. 
And that's going to lead to its own stuff because eventually Zelensky is going to do what is best for Zelensky, whether that be leaving Ukraine. And he has been spending a lot more time outside of Ukraine recently uh, and, and just living in exile away from Ukraine and letting the Ukraine, whatever happened to Ukraine happens to Ukraine. That may occur. Or uh, he may go back and decide that he's going to be his own man. He's going to sack up and he's going to contact Russia himself. He's going to tell the United States, more to the point, he's going to tell the Biden regime and the uh, uh, globalist elite in the World Economic Forum to go screw and he's actually going to take leadership of his country and he's going to go negotiate with Putin and he's going to say, look, we're going to be neutral. We're not going to go with NATO. We're not going to, we're just going to be neutral because that's all Putin wants. He doesn't care if, if, if Ukraine is, is part of Russia again. He just wants to make sure that NATO is not on his border and as long as Ukraine is neutral, that's fine. And and that the that the Russian nationals in uh, in the east of Ukraine are left alone and are not shelled and 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 ethnically cleansed. As long as those things occur, and I'm pretty sure that Putin will insist that those particular the Donbass region uh, stay a part of Russia. But as long as Ukraine stays neutral, the war is over. That's all that has to happen. Now, what's currently happening militarily, from a military standpoint, is that um, Russia, despite, again, what you're hearing in Fox News and all the other uh, alphabet soup news agencies, stuff like that, don't pay any attention to that. That's a bunch of garbage. They're lying. Um, what's really happening is the the Russians are they're following a a war of attrition, and and they're doing it very successfully. The United States is currently out of uh, artillery shells. That's why we're sending the internationally illegal cluster munitions to Ukraine, because that's all we've got left. Okay? Don't let anybody tell you different. That's a fact. Matter of fact, we just recently bought a bunch of artillery shells from South Korea at a huge markup, just so that we would have something to dump into Ukraine to keep them going for a little while. But... Russia is slowly advancing and Russia is really pushing to try to get Ukraine's last few brigades, which are comp, uh, comprised of roughly 30 to 35,000 troops to advance on them. Kind of a, kind of a come and, come and get it kind of thing as they slowly advance towards Kiev or Kiev. I don't know how it's actually pronounced. Um, I like Kiev because that's how I was raised hearing it. You know, whatever. I don't know. Um, as they slowly advance, they want the they want this. Oh yeah, uh, we're going to have a, a counter attack, and, and you know the spring offensive didn't work, so we, we moved it to the summer offensive. But you know now. We can't do the summer offensive, so we're going to do like um, a, a late summer fall offensive, you know, and it's going to be in different colors. We're going to be wearing different uniforms and it'll be lovely. It'll be fabulous. But uh, that's what they want. Oh, yeah. Come on with your fall offensive, your whatever. offensive. I don't care what time of year it is. You come on because we're here. And I actually heard one guy who was uh, uh, a, a proponent of this uh of the destruction of, of Ukraine, uh, this proxy war that's being pushed by the Biden regime. Um, and, and he was talking about that, that he thinks that they should, that they should hit the Russians in winter when they're weak. And I busted out laughing. I was just like, 
do you know absolutely nothing of history? Nothing of history. Never in all of history have the Russians been proven to be weak in the winter. Never. Twice, however, in fairly recent history, has it been proven that the Russians are really damn good in the winter. Really good in the winter. So when this guy said that, I was just... At first, it sounded like, you know, he was talking the same old nonsense that the left is constantly talking about this war. Uh, But then when he said that, it was very apparent that this numbskull has no idea what he's talking about whatsoever when it comes to military uh, matters. So again, the Russians are doing their slow advance, and they want Ukraine to commit their last few brigades to attack them so that they can just beat them down and beat them down and beat them down until the point where there's no more Ukraine military left. And when there's no more Ukraine military left, the Ukraine, uh, the Ukrainian government, uh, Zelensky, uh, who is suspended elections, by the way, um, this, this democratic uh, uh, government that has suspended elections and has uh, um, jailed uh, and uh, uh, people who disagree politically with them and uh, have are oppressing Christians within their uh, borders. That that democratic uh, government is going to be forced to the negotiating table. That's what's happening now. When Ukraine goes, the entire globalist movement is basically over. Because here's another thing: one uh, one of the big things of globalism. One of the, the oh, they're holding it up as a great symbol of globalism is NATO. NATO is BS. It's BS. Okay, NATO. As it was recently described on Judge uh, Napolitano's show, actually, uh, it was recently described as uh, a job for generals program where generals go to NATO so that they can go to a really nice place and they can hang out and have nice parties and occasionally they can have... Uh, they can attend these functions of uh, show uh, troops where they'll have one country paratroopers come in and another country's paratroopers come in and then they'll all embrace and look at us. But all of these military units are just for show. They are actually not capable of fighting a war. And if a war were to break out, say with, oh, I don't know, Russia, Russia would cut through them in no time. NATO is a paper tiger. It, it's, it's just a place for generals and colonels to go and, and, and have cocktails. That's all it is. That's all it is. NATO is functionally useless. So, globalism in and of itself is the same way. It's functionally useless. And that's, that's the story of globalism in a nutshell. And, and it's continuing to degrade. It's, it's continuing to fall apart. And it will continue to fall apart. And we're not going to see it again. My guess at this point we're not going to see anything resembling it until we see the prophecy talked about in Ezekiel 38 come to fruition. And then we're going to see it big time. We're going to see it happen, and we're going to see it happen fast. Everything that we've seen so far with, with, the, with, the, with the COVID and the lockdowns and the whole nine yards, it's going to happen like that, but it's going to happen like on steroids because there's not going to be anybody left to stop it. And that's all I've got to say about that.
Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button down below. Hit me up in the comments, and I will talk to you all later.